Can you remember making your first friend? I remember kindergarten, first day of kindergarten. My mother dropped me off. I was terrified to go into kindergarten. I didn't know anybody. I had never had friends outside of my family or the street I lived on. And going into a room full of strangers was just absolutely terrifying to me. And so I remember this morning in particular being dropped off uh, into, uh, into kindergarten for the first time. <clears throat> Teacher had, you know, the, the coloring and things going on to kind of keep everyone busy. Everybody showed up and I remember this. And then she said, okay, everybody line up. And now I'm, I'm really starting to panic because I don't know anyone I'm going to line up with, right? This is all new to me. And so I line up, we're getting in line, everyone else, I have no idea who they are, I get in line, I get in line behind this one boy, and he turns to me and he goes, my name's Matt, what's yours? I said, I'm Travis. He goes, you want to be friends? And Matt became my best friend. And I thought, this is easy. Friendship is easy. And I thought, this is how things are going to go for the rest of my life. But you know, and I know now, especially as, as we grow up and we kind of move on into life, that friendship is a difficult thing at times, right? And I think the reason why friendship is difficult from time to time is because we're people, right? We're people. My joke often goes, you know, church would be great if there was no people, right? Because we're messy, and we have things, and we have different ideas, and we see things differently. Now, if life could just be turning to the person behind you and saying, hey, do you want to be friends, and things would go, wouldn't that be great? Friendships can be difficult at times, but yet, God has created us to be in community. He has built us to be people who connect and have relationship and friendships with other people, messes and all, God has created us to be in friendship. That can be difficult at times. And unfortunately, that can be difficult at church. You see, I know, just like you, that finding friendships or maintaining friendships or growing in friendships is difficult in all areas of life, whether it's work life, neighborhood life, or even church life. That friendships can be a difficult aspect of our lives because, again, we're dealing with people. And so, so many of us come into church, and many of us have had experiences within the church community where we can't find friendships. My experience in, in church life, I, my entire adult life, I've been in full-time ministry for 18 years. My entire adult life, my professional life, has been in the congregational setting. And each time, no matter if I was a youth minister, or a preacher, or a young adult minister, I have always had built-in circles, if you will, when it comes to church life. It's just how it is. Whether I was the only one on staff, which has happened now twice in two different settings of my four settings, or whether I was another member of a multi-staff church, I've had people that automatically were built in friendships at some level and some varying degree for me, but that has not always been the case for my family. And in fact, 
This place is the first time that I can honestly say, and as I have talked to Laura, that this is the first time, the first setting within our, our adult lives that they feel like they actually have some resemblance of circles, friendship. Because it's not always easy to come into a community like this. And so many of us, we search for church, we search for community, we search for congregation that makes us feel welcome because we have a hope that we're going to be able to build friendship, that we're going to be able to connect with others, know of others, others know of us. But we know that can be difficult at times. And I go all the way back to the fact that we are people. God is a God of community. He himself, in his very own nature, is a God of community. He is a God of very own within friendship. God has come to us in three different parts, in three different people. God himself is community, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because the nature of God is communal within himself. And in fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning of all things, when God creates the heavens and the earth, and he begins to separate night and day, uh, the, the sky and the waters, and he makes the fish, and he makes the, 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 the animals, and, and then he comes to us, and he sees the one human that he has created. What is the one regret that God has in all of creation? That his creation, his, his, his climatic moment, his human being is alone. And so what does God do? He continues to create. And what does he do? He creates relationship, which is far more. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are far more than just a marriage passage. They are about community. They are about friendship. They are about relationship that God brings. Where God wants, I believe God desires for us to be able to turn to other in line and go you want to be friends but we get in our own ways don't we god desires this we see this i said this uh, last week that i don't think you know in a lot of ways we don't think of jesus in need but jesus was in need the more i think about this the more i'm convinced that jesus didn't just bring people along his disciples because it was going to be a good idea for the first church it's Jesus needed community and relationship, ultimately friendship. So Jesus gathers the 12, but Jesus within the 12 also had his best friends. We see this a couple of different times. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. I'm going to read a couple of different passages, but primarily I'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You can find this morning's text on the screen here. You can find it in the YouVersion Bible app or at edmundheritage.church as well. There's many different ways to follow along with us this morning. But to kind of build or at least set up into Ecclesiastes chapter 4 this morning, we see that Jesus had his best friends. Mark chapter 5 verse 37 and he, Jesus, allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led up on a high mountain by themselves. We see this example a couple of different times, several different times in Scripture, where Jesus has his community of disciples, but he also has his deep relationships with Peter, James, and John. 
Not to exclude from, but because there's a friendship here that Jesus wants to share these intimate, private moments of transfiguration or these moments of prayer before he's betrayed into, into the Romans' hands. He wants to be with those that he cares most deeply about. There's all different kinds of levels of friendship, but Jesus needed relationship for him to, fully, to be fully effective in the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus needed these people. And what we learn from Jesus as he gathers around, because Jesus had his 12, he had his three best, but he also had more disciples. Scripture talks about the 72 that he sent out Two by two, you find that in Luke chapter 10. But Jesus also had mass crowds of people that were following him, around him. We know of the Marys, we know of Martha, we know of all these different kinds of people that were always around Jesus, Lazarus, that Jesus built these relationships with because Jesus craved friendship. He wanted to be with you. He wanted to be with others. He wants relationships and community. And as Jesus goes on into his ministry, he not only gives us the example, he teaches us that you and I were made to be in a circle. You and I were made to be in a circle. Jesus lived his life in circles. And so one of the things that I've said over the last couple of weeks is that if church had a shape, that shape would be a circle. The, the shape of church is circle because church is lived out in circles of relationships. Because in circles, there are no corners to hide. In circles, there is no greater, there's no greater length anywhere else with greater value. In circles, everything is equal where everybody can see one another and everyone participates to make the circle. And the shape of church is circles. The shape of church is built out of friendships, relationships. Jesus modeled this, and you were made to be in a circle. And yet, and yet, we continue to see loneliness growing in this country alone. Study after study after study continues to show that loneliness, or people identifying as lonely is growing. In fact, our youngest generation are saying more than any other generation that they are lonely or more lonely at a greater pace, at a greater percentage than anyone else. And yet, they are the most connected socially online. Just across the board in America today, some of the latest research will say that three out of five Americans, three out of five Americans will tell you they are lonely in this world. The greatest country with the most resources, the most socially online connected country in all of the world, where the vast majority of its citizens are saying they are lonely. Loneliness is linked to so many different things, health issues, anxiety, depression. And more and more, you and I seem to be people who are fighting loneliness. And yet, we come across to the truth and to the example that you and I were made to be in circles. 
And if you and I were made to be in circles, if the creator of all the universe created us to be a part of circles, then why is loneliness growing and running rampant in the world and society and culture that we live in? Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and see if we can help answer this question just a little bit this morning as we explore. Ecclesiastes is a wonderful little book. I'm grateful for Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Are the scriptures not up there? Are we missing them? Another error on Travis this morning. So you just go back to that title page. We'll, we'll deal with it. We're, we're good. If you can't read or if you don't have your Bibles open, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse 7. Ecclesiastes is a wonderful book. And I love how Ecclesiastes starts because the author of Ecclesiastes wants you to know that all things are meaningless. That this is pointless. And he was really going to drive that point home. And so what I'm going to do is in Ecclesiastes 4 verses 7 through 12 is drive home one of the points of meaninglessness that the author talks about. Again, the author of Ecclesiastes says, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless, a miserable business. Now, what the author of Ecclesiastes does first sets up is a scenario, is a situation. That the observation here is that there are people who live out individual alone lives that their lives are so focused on gathering on consuming on getting more of of branching out or, or building status and prestige that they find themselves alone no family no friend this individual finds himself in a meaningless pointless life for all their toiling cannot be enjoyed by anyone. Verse 9. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But now... How can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And what a, the author does is gives us an alternative to how we can live in life. Where the meaningless, the pointlessness of just consuming and gathering and building prestige and power just leads to loneliness, there's an alternative to life. And that's in community. That's in togetherness. That's in friendship. Two are better than one, the author says. This alternative gives us something of meaning, of something of value, and a book that's full of observations of the meaninglessness or the pointlessness of life on this planet, the author gives us something to hold on to that is of great value. Friendship, community, togetherness, 
It's an alternative to living out your days of meaningless. It's the antidote to loneliness that is running rampant in our world today. That is one another. That's each other. That's this. Cooperation, togetherness, leads to a rewarding life, the author says. For one, you and the person that you find friendship with. Look at what the author is saying in these verses 9 through 12 in particular. There may be pitfalls, but two can journey those pitfalls, face them together. They can help one another. There may be cold and dark nights as life goes on. But there is warmth with someone who is with you on those cold, dark nights. There may be enemies on the path that we live in this life, but those battles do not have to be fought alone. Those battles can be won in friendship. In community, our lives are stronger. In community, our lives can endure. In community, three strands hold up, whereas one will fall. The fool's life is individualistic, the author would say. Weak, destined to be broken, but the cord of three is so not quickly to be broken. So, Jesus models you were made for a circle, but Ecclesiastes and really uh, all of Scripture, there's several proverbs in this area, but Jesus also models this idea for us as he gathers his circles together in his discipleships. You were made to be in a circle, but here this church, circles were made for you to be in. You are worthy of circles. You are not alone in particular when it comes to the family of God. And I want to apologize to any church, any for any church or any community or any experience you ever had in the family of God where you experienced loneliness. Shame on us. This place ought to function differently. Does it mean we're going to be perfect in this? No. But if we're going to be a community of circles, then we've got to be a community that pays attention that we are building circles for all people. All walks of life. With all kinds of baggage. With all kinds of stories. With all kinds of faults. With all kinds of ideas. With all kinds of fill in the blank. This is a place where you belong in the circle. Because you are a child of God. You belong here. You're welcomed here. You are respected here. You are useful here. You have friends here. We must strive for that. Um, you think about um, all the different social media apps. I've gotten to the point in life where I can't keep up anymore, right? Uh, my kids are in this new one or newer one to me, Be Real. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just, Instagram's the limit for me. That's it. That's the ceiling. I can't go on anymore. But there seems to be more and more social media apps out there, right? 
What's the idea behind social media apps? We're going to connect. We're going to get followers. We're going to have more and more friends. But again, going back to some of the loneliness stuff that we find, the more that we live with the social media online world, the more and more we're finding, the more engaged you are with the social media world, the more lonely you are in the real world. Study after study is proving this. Again and again, we have this entire world built around connection, and yet we find ourselves lonely. In fact, some recent studies, 7 out of 10 people who say they are heavy social media users, that 70% are reporting loneliness. Those who are, uh, who I, who are saying that they are um, uh, consistent in their social media usage, 50%, 53, excuse me, are saying that they find loneliness. You see, it's easy to, to view connections as friendships or meaningful relationships. And the last time I checked and read in my scriptures, when Jesus says, follow me, he's not talking about his social media presence. What he's doing is he's building circle. Because in circles, there's going to be interaction and relationship, and there's going to be messiness. You don't have to read very far into your New Testament to find out that Jesus has to deal with messiness of people when he builds his circles. Jesus isn't interested if you agree with what he says. He's interested if he has friendship with you. He is concerned about the person that is in front of him. Not the one who can comment most wittedly. Jesus says, follow me. He's building circles. He's building relationships. He's not building an app. He's not building a way for us to, to, to just, from an outskirts, from the outside view, make something or view something or see something or like something. He wants to be in relationship with you. Jesus wants to be your friend. Jesus wants to have connection with you. This place ought to reflect what Jesus is desiring more than what we think is right. And circles are how Jesus builds up his ministry and his life. And circles are how Jesus builds out his church. So one of the things that we do, and I, 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 think, I think one of the, one of the, 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 the primary uh, motions of this church is connection groups. It's how we build purposeful, intentional circles. It's how we connect. We connect through fellowship. We connect through conversation. We connect through prayer and Bible study in our connection groups. And connection groups are our weekly small group ministry where we invite and we, and we ask every member to connect with others here at Heritage. And at Heritage, we mix those groups up every year. Just not to make you mad because I, I hear about it every year. But we do that because we believe that connections ought to run deeper than just a few of us, right? We're going to have our three we all can't be best friends. And we're going to have our 12, but we have the larger context. And we're going to find opportunity for connection within this, within this community by spending time together. This is what we learn. That life is lived better when there are two or there's three or there's four of us. 
Community functions better and community reflects Jesus better when we are seeking connection. And if you're not attending a connection group, first of all, you are missing out. You are taking the, the, the metaphorical dollar bills and you are just burning them because those precious times of being together with others in your church community can never be had again. Connection groups are meant to bring us together and friendships, different levels of friendships, albeit, but togetherness in circles. And we want and desire circles at the Heritage Church of Christ because circles are who, uh, is who we are called to be. You have a circle here. You belong in this place. And the shape of this church is a circle. We've emphasized this over the last couple of weeks. It's my last time, at least in this particular message series, to emphasize this. The shape of heritage is a circle. Where every person of every walk with all the baggage you think you got is welcomed to this circle. Community cannot exist without God's people creating space in the circles for all people. Um, oh, I don't have the slides. I, I, I talked about this a couple of different, uh, a couple of weeks ago, excuse me. That friendships take time. And this is where I want to end this morning. We know, after, we know from study that casual friendships will take anywhere from 40 to 60 hours of togetherness. Casual friendships. Those that you would call your friend are going to take 80 to hours of time together. Best friends take 200 plus hours together. And the reason I bring this back up as we start to close out this particular message and this series is that it's a reminder that friendships are never going to fall in your lap. If you have one foot out this door into another door, then all that time that I just read is just going to take even longer. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you're yoking yourself to another group, then all those times are going to take even longer. And friendships can't be built unless God's people are willing to commit to the circle of His church. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the circle that is heritage ought to have Jesus at its very center. And we ought to be people who are intentional and who work and spend the time to build friendship. You can build friendship. First, take time. Friendships always take time. They take time. They take time. People are messy and people have things and people take time. And friendships are never going to fall in your lap. Friendships require you to take initiative. In fact, um, this happened several years ago. This person's not here. But one of the very, uh, very first few Sundays of the existence of this church in this school, we had a guest who came and this guest... Uh, wanted to test us. And so this guest, after worship, where we, still, we had fellowship time. In fact, it was in this room at the time. Uh, th this guest, during fellowship time, went to a corner in this room and stood alone. 
And the test was they wanted to see if people were going to come say hi to them. And apparently we failed the test. And my rebuttal then and is now, you take initiative. If you want to be a part of a community, then you better get off of your you-know-what and start working at it. Because this place and God's church is not for your convenience. It's for you to be involved and for you to serve and for you to, be, uh, for you to look for Jesus in all things. Take initiative with the people that you are around. And if they are people that you want to be around, then you better work at being around them. Ask questions and listen. Take time not to talk and ask and listen. And the friendships that you want, the friendships that are worthwhile in your life, I will make the argument until I have my last breath, all those friendships that are worthwhile in this life, all those friendships will lead back to Jesus Christ. The core of who we are, of who you are in Jesus, and the core of every circle that you are a part of should be, ought to be, needs to be Jesus at the very center. They are important, friends. Community cannot live or function without friendships within the community. Now, the slide that I apparently uh, failed to make sure got onto this PowerPoint the last slide you would have been seeing here is a box. Because a box, a square, I think most aptly represents how we tend to view other people. Just look at uh, the apps on your phone. They're generally boxes. Your, your phone is a rectangular box. We like putting people in boxes. Because when people are in boxes, you can identify them. You can make assumptions about them. You can go ahead and say what kind of value that person has when they're in a box. So social media apps, for instance, they're built on boxes. We got groups of people here. We can categorize here, put a box on them, show them. And we start to categorize people in boxes. But you see, relationships, friendships, community is not built on boxes. There's no corners in God's church. There's only messy people. There's only us. And if you want to be a part of God's church, stop seeing people as boxes, get out of the boxes, and start getting into circles. We're going to end with a circle one more time in our three-week message series, Circles. Don't overthink it. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up. We're going to make one big circle in this room. Luke's going to lead us in one last song, and then we'll be dismissed. At the end of that, after that song, I'll have one more thing to say, and then we'll be dismissed in this place. But we're going to end our time together living out what Jesus shows us. Circle. Let's stand together and let's circle together.